I would advise myself, I would say to a younger Ian, um, I would say expect yourself to change through life and make sure you live it. Make sure you live your live life. That's what I would say to myself. Mm. Yeah. That's fun. I would say just have more fun. Just have lots of fun. It. Enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yeah. yeah. Buy more shit. Mm. That's right. Buy more shit. <laughs> Don't <laughs> unwrap shit. <laughs> Don't, Don't unwrap shit. Yeah. Never open anything. <laughs> Hey folks, welcome back to Movies, Music and Madness. Um, we have time to roll back to the year 1992 and we are at the point where we're just going to um, basically advise, gently advise our, our younger selves um, what they should kind of possibly be listening to. You know, we're going to throw a few albums their way that probably weren't on our radar in 1992, but probably should have been in retrospect. Uh, and we're also going to give a piece of uh, a little bit of advice to our younger selves as well, just a general life advice as well. Um, so yeah, has anyone got an album that they in, have listened to now and think, yes. my God, if I listened to that when I was sixteen, ah? Oh. I don't know if it would have helped, but it certainly would have helped a little bit. Definitely a late bloomer. Um, but anyway, oh, yes, I do have one. Um, and it's one that I sort of discovered a little bit later, but I think it's aged well. And I really do like that sort of, you know, the uh, sort of early, um, or not early 90s or late 80s hip hop. Um, and I've got The Magic Number by De La Soul. Um, yeah, so I'm going to play a little bit of that. yeah, so that's um, De La Soul and um, A Magic Number. Um, and yes, from Three Feet and Rising. Um, yeah, it's really, really fun. It's still awesome now. Um, I think it got re-released last year. Um, oh, yeah, nice. Um, it got re-released last year for the first time on, I think, vinyl since the 90s um, because there's so many bloody samples all through it. So that was in the days where you, they just sampled the hell out of anything and put it out, and then people got pressy over Straight it. afterwards. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame. Um, and I, I just remember liking that. I probably watched a few more sort of like movies on Sky, like um, House Party and stuff like that. Yeah, you um, were a big fan of House Party. Oh, I Even way House back Party, in the day, you just thought that was some funny of the funniest stuff you've ever seen. Yeah. And, and, and I was right. And um, it's probably aged not so well now, like um, maybe like um, 
you know, Friday after next or next Friday. But I started listening to some of that through those probably TV, those movies, um, and then sort of came across that in the 90s and like, damn, I wish I'd listened to that when I was younger. Um, yeah. Song, a roller skating jam named Saturday. That was that was my favorite song of this, which was quite a commercial hit for them. Yeah, when they just went yeah, no. Saturday, Saturday. Yes, Saturday, yes, yes, yes. That was that was all they did. Yes, but it had a yes. bloody good groove. <laughs> it had some awesome stuff. The rap in it is fun. It's witty and uh, stacks up nicely. It's probably before all the gangster rap came in, and yeah. I just yeah. I just like that sort of sound. I love the inventive. Yeah like trying to guess the samples um, because it's just, when you look at the album liner notes, it's just samples galore. Mm -hmm. When you were just... 16, when you were 16, you had a, a like a boombox portable. Yes, I did. Yeah, I did. Really good. Double, double cassette tape, must say. Mm, yeah, well, that do, became the essential. Do you think if you would have given yourself that tape at 16, you, that we would have seen you walking up Paraguay Street with that slung on your shoulder. No, <laughs> like, one, one. I wasn't strong enough. You'd be I like, wasn't. I wasn't strong enough to lift be like, like that. Like, like the the um, like Eminem a decade earlier sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I was probably really? too too cheap to buy the eight D size batteries to run it, <laughs> <laughs> and it would have Gl gone. Glim Glim and M. Yeah, it would have gone. I mean, I mean, David would have probably liked it. Um, I'm not sure how. Would you? Would have you've liked it if I rocked up to the up top of Paradise Street and went, "Hey, man, check out this three feet of rising." Absolutely on your BMX, totally. Yeah, I've got one for you. I've got one for you. I had my ten speed at that point. You did too. All right, we've had enough. Now I've got one for you. We've had enough of you, Glenn. Shut up. Well, I've got one for you. We got a um. Now we we were allowed to choose any year, right? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, any yeah. any album anything, for the anything. Right. So I would actually give myself a sixteen-year-old self some of this. good you like mm. that eh? yeah I you got do. any ideas any ideas who it is is it parliament no no good guess Funkadelics. well done rufus and nice shaka khan nice yeah. and uh only because I, I discovered that probably <laughs> 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 you know, a year you know about a year ago and i was like whoa oh. <laughs> it's like the guy did, you know yes and this is i think like when you say if you could give yourself three albums, mm. I actually think it would be easy to give my 16-year-old self three genres. Mm. Uh, and Philly Funk's one of them because I love Philadelphia Funk. And it's good music, good instruments, and it's a good stepping stone to go and write music to and get inspired by. That's so awesome, Philly, man. Philly Funk, go and check any of that out. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Well, my one I've got for you here, um, it was huge in 1992 and 1991, and it completely passed me by. 
didn't didn't go for it at all. Didn't take it. Did wasn't interested. Everyone was playing it, and I was just like, no, nah, it's not doing it for me. And in hindsight, nowadays, yeah, bit of a different story with this. Um, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's the thing, eh? singing if I need to <laughs> so, we all know it um, yeah it was everywhere like mm. I just hear it I think it's just overplayed to death mm. and it just turned me off completely um, yeah yeah now I love I, it I think it's a great album but like well it's the um, whole grunge situation thing, yeah but if like I only heard that um, down at the local roller skating rink when it came out this is down to road I drive you know, mm. and mm -hmm. um these massive huge Marshall stack speakers that go sort of bloody 12 feet, you know, high. And, and it just sounded shit, right? Because it was inside a concrete bloody, you know, chamber. And, and it just, but just listening to that, and I've listened to it many, many times since the musicianship that goes into it, you know, clearly it's, it's a classic now and it's stood the test of time because they were brilliant at what they did. But when you, you often hear it in the shittiest places, Mm. Um, being played mm. through shitty, shitty PA systems in a terrible venue, and mm. it just sounds like a mess. Um, but, but of course it's, it's not. Um, it, it's you know it's a work of art, and uh, oh. that yeah. It, again, it just comes down to when I first heard it, and I kind of it, it just stuck with me as being just this noise. Really, it was kind of battles. I can remember it being like Battle of the Schoolyard, and that that would be kind of playing on one side of the schoolyard, and on the other side would be Jump Around by Cypress Hill. Oh. I just remember that. Both very good. Both great. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nothing wrong either. Yeah, Cypress Hill. Here's a band. Nice. Um, okay, I'm gonna uh, similar thing, Martin, in terms of the type of the genre, if you like, maybe just a little bit more evolved from grunge. But I would have, and I've gone forward in time. So this stuff didn't come out until the next decade, but this is a bit of a sneak peek, folks, 16-year-old us, 17-year-old us, to what's coming up. And we're the Oasis and Blur and all those dudes from the sort of mid-90s onwards are sort of heading towards and where it's all sort of converging to this massive guitar renaissance in the early 2000s. And this is one of those songs, I reckon, sort of that define that period.
There we go. Mm. The Strokes last night. So I, I reckon that would be just a nice little sneak peek into what's coming. Guys, so um, brace yourselves and get learning those chords and get learning those bloody scales on the guitar. Because mm. this is the shit that people are going to be listening to and loving, you know, and uh, rock anthems are going to be busting out. It's going to have, you know, you're going to have the Franz Ferdinands and all, all the arcade fire, all the stuff that you got me into in the early 2000s, Glenn, all sort of, mm. all all around the same time, similar sort of genre. Um, yeah, I reckon that would be a, a cool little thing to just sort of, you know. Bit of the, bit yeah, of the I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I grappled with this. I thought, do I play me stuff like something that's coming or try and find an album by an artist that I end up going to love? Um, in the end, I just found some stuff around that time, which was cool. Yeah, I think, you know, being where we are now, we're having a vast, like, soundscape and, and choice, especially with, with MP3 and online and streaming, and mm. everything, which we didn't have back then as well, right? Just mm, being exposed no. to such a wide range of music mm. now, you know, and being able to kind of access stuff anytime we want. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's huge, yeah. really. You know, I think you're right. The way it opened our musical horizons. I, mean, I think you're right, David. You're right. I think "spoiled" is probably a good description mm. for it now. Yeah, um, yeah it was all sort. It was all sort of tape. I think we've lost something listening to what friends had got and giving them. They gave you a tape and stuff like that. And sometimes it stuck, and sometimes it didn't. Music yeah. used to be something that you would, um, yeah, definitely share and talk mm. and enjoy and. That's because it was scarce and and like hard to get, and you would that's that was part of the, I think part of the magic of it. And now because it's it's infinite and everything, it's anything and everything. People don't converse about it so much because it's so broad and wide. Yeah. You kind of lose each other. Um, mm -hmm. It's Agreed. a weird thing. I talk about that as a barber with people all the time, and people mm. there's so much out there, man, which is cool. But God, we have. We just have so much. Definitely, you know, for me, uh, another thing I would kind of like encourage myself to do back then would be, yeah, go listen to some funk albums, mm. you know, put on a Meters album or, you know, some, oh. some Parliament or, or, you know, something like that. Just really, because they're just great, you know, yeah. finding that yeah. group, that kind of groove and just going with it. I think that's amazing. Like, and I was, again, I was just never exposed to that kind of music. It wasn't my parents' thing, so they weren't kind of into it. So I didn't kind of, and there was no one kind of really of a generation kind of above me who was kind of recommending music to mm. me. So it was kind of, I mean, and it's cool in some ways that it's been like my voyage of discovery with music over the years to kind of find all of that kind of stuff. Um, and like 60s Soul, you know, Otis mm. Redding and, you know, Sam Cooke and all those kind of guys as well. Just wouldn't have been a radar at all at sixteen. No, not no. Yeah. I've got a um, I've got a second one here that, and I think this one's relevant with what we're talking with because, at the age of sixteen, I didn't realise, I wasn't aware, of how much of an effect music can have on your mood, or, <laughs> you know, I probably was, mm. but not as powerful as music can really be, and. I think if I was seeing my 16-year-old self, I would say go and check some of this stuff out. 
That is uh, just one of the great waltzes, but I love waltzes because they uplift me, they make me feel cheerful and happy, and classical music is good, and I never really listened to mm. any classical music when I was young. And classical music's really good. It's good for you, man. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, we all love our soundtracks, don't we, from movies mm. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so many of those are... Classical ones, eh? Totally. Yeah. I think at absolutely. sixteen I think at sixteen you're still trying to find out what's your stuff as well. So you're trying to work out, you know, moving away from your parents and stuff. I just wish I listened to probably more sort of current stuff at the time. So this is one that's current from ninety-two, and this is called Summer Babe. Yeah, that's called Summer Babe, and it's by Pavement off their album Slanted and Enchanted. And I just sort of, gosh, that sort of sound became, oh, I still love that sound to bits, actually. Absolutely adore it. And it's, yeah, it's one of my go-to sounds. Actually, so many bands that I ended up loving mm. had that similar sound. So, yeah, but mm. at the time, I didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah, again, like, as, a, as a band, they weren't on my radar at all. Um, but, you know, we were lucky enough to go and see him, Glenn, and I loved it. I thought it was an amazing gig. I thought, I just had so much fun at that gig. I was just like, couldn't go away and have like, a big smile on your face through most of it. Probably because yeah. they were just like really, really drunk. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time, it was just, uh, yeah, it was just good, fun music, you know. There's something kind of Beach Boysy or something about it. It's almost surf music, you know. It's, it's weird. Yeah. I, yeah, can't, they, I can't quantify that, but there's something about I, it. I can't quite pick them either, but that's probably why the charm of it still appeals. Yeah. It's a big sound. I wish I listened to it's it. A big, it's a big sound. It's a good sound. Mm. Yeah. Okay, anyone got another one? I've, I've got a recommendation on? rather than a... a I, I would have. I'd tell myself that uh, February 14th, 2004, go to the <laughs> concert. Which one? What concert do you think that would be? Bowie in Wellington. <laughs> Instead, I go on a friggin' mountain bike race in the rain over the wire wrapper and get rained out, but oh. I had a choice. I, 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 I do try and encourage you as much as about possible. Choices. I'd be telling my 16-year-old self, in just over 10 years, you are going to get invited to a concert. Just go. Don't you do anything DeLorean. else. Just you need go. a DeLorean. Yes, that's that right. would be my. That's my last bit of advice on the music front, Martin. Yeah, yeah. I would say, uh, yeah, scrape the money together and go and see that in excess concert at a little bar in London. I only had like a hundred people two weeks before <laughs> Michael Hutchins killed himself. Um, and yeah, and you know, and maybe not turn down a Nirvana ticket like the week oh. before. Oh, you know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't turn down that Pink Floyd ticket either, you know. <laughs> I was caught. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. in retrospect, you know, life's a fight. Oh, funny hands, eh? It must have been hard living in London when we were in Carpathy, eh? You know, so... But, going, but, to, but, going to but the, the opposite, you know, it was like spoiled for riches because it was like everyone was in town and they'd Paul all come McCartney. at the same time and it'd be like... Yeah. But we yeah, got no, Paul McCartney just, at the National Library. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> Or on two double X on the cassette (laughs) in the two dollar bit. Yeah. 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 Oh dear. Advice for people. Advice back then. Um. Probably not to be so afraid. Advice for my sixteen-year-old self. Um, Probably not to be so afraid of my own shadow. Um. And just try more things and do things, as opposed to trying to do what's what I what I think was right all the time. Yeah, I think for me, um, I would tell my 16-year-old self, don't stop buying vinyl. In fact, buy two copies of everything and keep one mint. Totally, totally, because <laughs> that'll pay for the other one. That'll pay for yeah. the other one and some. And some, yeah. <laughs> That's like me and the bloody Millennium Falcon in 2007 when Glenn rings me up from Toy World going, do you want to go to Harbs on one of these really cool Lego Millennium Falcons? And I was like, nah. Seventy-eight hundred bucks. Yeah. I know, but it went up to bloody eight thousand. <laughs> I know, I know. It did, didn't it? I'm not bitter anyway. No, you know, the fact someone that else. you remember it's hilarious. <laughs> it was the 14th of July, nine two thousand seven. Yeah. You're still holding on you to it. Twelve minutes past two. I remember. It. <laughs> <laughs> and was with you. I would advise myself. I would say to a younger Ian. Um, I would say expect yourself to change through life and make sure you live it. Make sure you live your live life. That's what I would say to myself. Mm. Yeah. That's fun. I would say just have more fun. Just have lots of fun. Enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yeah. yeah. Buy more shit. That's right. Buy more shit. <laughs> more Don't guitars. unwrap shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Don't unwrap unwrap yeah. Never open <laughs> Well, thanks a lot for listening, guys, and uh, thank, thank you, you guys for taking us down memory lane. And uh, we will see you all next week. Cheers. Good night. Yeah.